Grid it, dit to do, and welcome into more important issues. It is Sunday, June 7th. The Vols are playing in a national championship. If you're confused, I know some people still don't know what's going on with the Dugs thing. So if you're confused, yes, no sports are going on. The Vols are playing in the NCAA 14 slash, what year is it on there? 17, 18? Yeah, we, we determined it at some point. 17 or 18. Um, and the Vols are playing in the national championship led by Coach Duggerton. Uh, JoJo Smalls, Caleb Presley at quarterback. Who's the other one? You got Singleton. Um, who's that the, the running, defensive running back? There, there's Rico Burgerton. Rico Burgerton. That's who it yeah. is. Old, old Burgerton. Yeah. So it's. Uh, hope you tune in. If you haven't been tailgating already, I, mean, I hate that you're behind. But you just a couple beers, shotgun those, and you'll be all caught up. Yeah. So. Catch up. <laughs> It'll be good. I wish we could have tailgated one of those games. It would have been fun. Why is it on a Sunday though? It's like on yeah. a Sunday and weekdays. Why it, on a Saturday? Well, like, and it's it's like late on Sundays. That too. So it's. You can't be doing that. Yeah, we need a we Monday need a, mornings are already terrible. You can't make it even worse. Right. If they play, uh, if he does, if he stays at Tennessee next season, which you know the way he's going, he may get that offer from Wisconsin. He was wanting. So, but if he's if he's at Tennessee next season, I think we need a Saturday at least one like Florida, Alabama, the SEC championship game. One of those games needs to be on a Saturday so we can tell it. Mm-hmm. That's my that's my only plea to uh, Big Cat and Barstool. Just one Saturday, at least one, because I'm not gonna. I'll be honest. I'm not going to tailgate. Well, I'll take that back. If I have the opportunity to tailgate a bunch, I'm, I may. I may just take advantage of it. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not going to do it. I miss tailgating so bad. I think I've dreamed about it the last two nights. I've, I've dreamed about it quite a few times, so, too. I'm just, uh, I'm hoping, I, unfortunately, the one I dream about the most is the BYU one because it was so much fun. So then it turns into a nightmare soon after because, you know, I, of course I remember that game. There was one day that I made like an actual invite list um, on a piece of paper. Because I always forget to invite people, right. and the next day I'm just like, oh, sorry. Also, you're always invited. Right. Day. So, yeah. if we don't send you a personal invite, it's not that you're not invited. It's just... It's, we have a lot of people. <laughs> we do. Uh, it's it's fun. It's a, it's a great time. It's a it's a lot of people. Some people I don't know. But yeah. what's cool with me, like, I like meeting new people. Mm-hmm. I like that people uh, get to go and have a good time, and, um, and, and they also get to meet new people, so... If you ever want to go, we post it on Twitter. I guess we should start doing it like a day earlier, maybe. We usually yeah. do it that morning. That's true. Um, so we we'll, po- we'll maybe get some information out there sooner, and um, and and you you're welcome to come. You don't have to bring anything unless you're gonna drink a lot. You probably should bring some beer because we don't have that much. Yeah. Um, food though, have plenty. But if you want to bring some more food, we always love it. We're we we're orange. On. Don't and come yeah. in there with like an Alabama or Florida shirt on, please. I I, I love everybody. Let's make that clear. Right. But on game days, if you're not cheering for Tennessee, I don't like you. <laughs> so don't come. Like I don't want to hang out with you. Um, especially don't come if you're gonna be one of those fans. It's like a dick. Like if you want to come and like talk trash for fun, that's fine. But if you like come in there like cussing us out, like like a Georgia fan would, don't come. Oh yeah, I'll probably RKO <laughs> if somebody barked in my face. Right. Yeah. Don't 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 come and do that. But um, just if you're a fan of a team, probably just stay away. That yeah. of another team, just stay. It's away. It's probably safe. Tennessee fans all are welcome. The rest you can go to hell. So <laughs> um, I'm sorry that was aggressive, but. Uh, I was thinking of the, the the We Don't Give a Damn by the whole state of Alabama song. So we don't. Not at all. Um, we do have a great episode for you all. I, I know it's you know not much. Again, it's one of those weeks. I feel like some weeks are better than others during this period. Um, but this is a week that not, at least guys are back on campus. That's the good news. Yeah. But nothing's happened since. It, well, stuff's happened. We'll, we'll get into that, I'm sure. Uh, probably towards the end of the episode, so stick around. Um, but uh, it's been a pretty slow week other than the guys arriving. Um, there has been some, you, we are going to talk about the, the 2021 class cause we have had a decommitment, uh, but it was expected. Um, maybe not that guy specifically, but decommitments are going to be expected over the next couple months, uh, going into the season as well. Hopefully decommitments, not because we're losing them. Um, we're going to talk about some preseason awards. Athlon sports, uh, has released, uh, their, their SEC preseason awards. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Of course, we're talking Coach Doug's playing in the national championship in the Rose Bowl. It only would have been better if it was a Fiesta Bowl. Yeah, that's the only thing that would have made it better. Tempe, uh, yeah, going going there. Um, and then if you got any questions, make sure you drop them. I'm pulling up YouTube right now. Sorry, I'm, I'm a, I was behind on that. YouTube. I've got. I'll pull up Twitter too, and um, yeah, just uh, if you guys have any questions, drop them. If they're relevant to the what we're talking about, we'll. Mention them right then, and if they're not, we'll we'll keep them uh, stored away for either when they're relevant or towards the end of the episode, and uh, you know we'll we'll uh, we'll get to those. Don't worry. Um, Slim Mosley said he's offended because, like a Georgia fan, well, let's be honest. Georgia fans talk trash. <laughs> right. Let's be honest. Tennessee um, fans do too. I 
Yeah, I don't disagree, but I feel like with Georgia, it's way like I've the only like really bad experiences I've had with other fans like continuously like you know every I've had probably bad experience with every fan base at least once. Georgia though every year. Well, like Andrew Ray UGA probably didn't help their cause. <laughs> that, yeah, that either. <laughs> that either. So I'm sorry to offend you, but if we're just gonna like you know look look at ourselves, let's <laughs> let's uh, analyze. I think yeah, Georgia's gonna be the. As a whole, I'm again. It's like you know, there's. I'm sure there's some good Georgia fans. We've had some nice ones on, on this, mm-hmm. but overall, it's I, no other. No other fan base barks at people. Yeah. So I mean, I'd be upset too if my head coach had a, you know, little kids' haircut. So. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, uh, quick under. <laughs> I've learned a long time ago. Quick under great clips. He has not learned yet. So <laughs> uh, maybe one day he'll figure it out. Maybe. Uh, let's get right into the class of 2021, though. I know a lot of people are. You know, there's always many people that are a little nervous when you get a decommitment, and I do understand. Anytime you get a decommitment, you're going to ask questions, and that's fair. Uh, but this one, this one was expected. Uh, three-star guy, and it looks like Jeremy Pruitt and his staff are trying to make some room for some guys. Yeah, so that was uh, three-star cornerback Nate Evans. Um, he was one of the first guys in this class. He uh, committed back in November and um, ended up flipping his commitment, I think it was, was it Friday? I think it was Friday. Thursday, uh, Friday. Yeah, uh, to NC State. Um, he's from Virginia Beach, so that's probably a little bit closer to him. Um, but I mean, you look at the offer list, you know, he, he wasn't, you know, after that big, um, you know, barrage with commits that we had, um, it just seemed like Nate Evans, it was one of those guys that was probably going to be told to look elsewhere. Um, and it looked like it happened. He's headed to NC, NC state. I mean, I, I don't hate that because, you know, a, a commit that's – if he comes to Tennessee and never sees the field. What's he going to – yeah. What right, right. Really I mean, what's – yeah, what's he contributing? Um, right. So, so go to NC State. You know, hopefully he finds the, the, the field there. Um, you know, we wish him the best. Right. But, and, uh, and there's there's other guys on the on this list, too, that are going to um, potentially be asked to look elsewhere or maybe just going to look elsewhere on their own when they kind of look at uh, – as Tennessee is addressing those position and needs and – where they may stand on the roster when they when they come into uh, you know when they get onto campus and from everything we've seen everything Tennessee fans have seen everything we've heard about how this staff recruits it's honesty so I'm not even I mean yes they're gonna definitely tell some guys that they need to look elsewhere that's you know that they don't have yeah. that committable offer um, but I also think a lot of it's probably gonna come into play when where they just go when you get on the campus, here's where you're going to be at on the depth chart. And like you said, he's probably looking at places he's going to get some playing time and get a chance to see the field. And Tennessee may just not have been that place. And yeah. so I don't think this commit, this decommitment is a big deal. I think there's gun, there is potential there could be some decommitments. I'm not saying I've heard anything. It's just the way it works. There's potential there could be some decommitments that may raise some eyebrows and you may get you a little worried for a second. But I don't think this is one of them. Yeah, and, and this is – Cornerback position is a position of need, so that's probably a good sign that you're telling these guys to look elsewhere. You feel like you have, you know, some traction with some, you know, higher-rated guys out there. So right. you have Tyrion Arnold, um, who's a four-star, four-star, um, Isaiah Johnson, Nylon Green, uh, the number one JUCO cornerback, Dejon Warren. Um, then a kind of a guy who's kind of coming onto the scene is Christian Charles out of. Um, the state of Georgia, he's another one that Tennessee has offered recently and, and really likes. So you have some options there. Um, yeah, it's we knew this was going to happen. You know, right. with with the amount of commitments we had, um, you knew some guys that were maybe not maybe in the boat earlier were probably going to get told to look elsewhere. Right. Uh, someone strike. I think it was Striker Ball said that would be the worst part of the job. I can't imagine that would be. That's got to be the worst part of coaching college football. Is no, I mean, and because like you said, this is one of the early guys on. So they've they've known this. You know, they've known him for a while and been recruiting him for a while. And now you're you're probably asking him to to look other places, or you're probably not terribly upset when he decommits. And yep. um, it's definitely got. I mean, especially when you when you everything you've heard about. This staff, it's that they their main goal is to form relationships. The football kind of takes care of itself, and so I mean, yeah, it's got to be, a, it's got to be a tough part of the job. But uh, it seems that at least this staff is doing it the right way. Yeah, know, I mean, that we can tell. he didn't come out and just bash the staff, yeah. which I mean, I guess he could have. He could have, and um, I don't, you know, it could have been true and it could have not. I, I don't know. I just know that at least it was a, uh, and I guess it's good too that he had 
immediately another place he could go. And, yeah. and, and he may have known he was going to decommit for a while, but wanted to to find that place he could land before he did it. He, I don't, I'm not really sure. Um, but yeah, it doesn't seem like it, it doesn't seem like there was a lot of issues surrounding this decommitment and that's good. And that's what we've been saying the whole time is, uh, decommitments are going to come. Don't look, you know, don't look at it. And if it, if it looks, you know, if it looks bad on the surface, then you do some digging and, and find out if, you know, if there's anything going on past it. But if, it, if it's guys that just don't, that you figured probably weren't going to be there, you, you just accept it and move on. Yeah. And you look at his offer list. I mean, it, it's just a, you can tell a lot by, especially this year with, you know, a lot of, um, you're, you're not allowed to camp and, and stuff like that, uh, visits and stuff like that. So, um, you can kind of tell a lot by a player's offer list. Right. Um, and his is a bunch of like ACC schools. So he's probably fitting in perfectly at NC state, you know, right. you, you, Florida state, Kentucky, um, Pittsburgh, Virginia, Virginia Tech, so just a bunch of the East Coast teams um, and teams, you know, not those big-time programs where, you know, it's not Georgia, Alabama that you lost him to. You lost him to NC State. So right. Right. I, I think we can all agree he was told to look elsewhere. I think yeah, I think that's that seems to be the consensus there. Um, what else you want to talk about with this 2021 class? I know there's uh, not been any, you know, commitments or anything. Do you, do you have anybody that – could I mean, be coming I, soon. I know it kind of stinks with camps not happening. You don't, you don't have guys coming onto campus. Um, I believe it was extended through July, the recruiting dead period, mm-hmm. or I guess a visit dead period. Um, so, I mean, anything anything you think we should be looking out for? Um, I would look for some, some in-state guys. Um, William Parker and Hudson Wolf, those two guys Tennessee really likes. Um, I don't know exactly when their timetable is, but uh, – you know, Tennessee looks to be in the top one or two for both of those guys. So, okay. um, we'll see. Uh, th- those are two positions of need for this incoming class. You know, right. you have a lot of those tight end bodies with Hudson Wolf, but, um, you know, he's one that they've coveted um, right. since the start of this thing. So, you might see another tight end be told to look elsewhere Yeah, um, to make room for Hudson Wolf. That's just the way the game goes. And, um like we said a couple weeks ago, you're going to be satisfied with this class once it's all said and done. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it'll be. Uh, I don't think you'll be be worried, even if they're not number one, number two. They'll be minimum top ten. I mean, that's the funny thing is a bunch of people. It, it, we've said it since Tennessee had this class. It's like recruiting rankings don't matter, but and they don't. I mean, in the end, like where you're at doesn't. But they typically correlate to. Not a lot of teams have played in the college football playoff without at least one top 10 class somewhere, you know, in there. Um, So, you know, even like I think when Clemson first uh, started making the college football playoff, they didn't have consistently top 10 classes, but there was at least two top 10 classes stuck in there somewhere. Mm -hmm. So it it definitely correlates. And um, I'm not saying that's going to, you know, correlate to Tennessee playing the college football football playoff in 2021. But, you know, if they continue to build on top 10 classes, you have a top 10 class this year coming in. Yeah. And you can definitely help your chances. Yeah. You're, 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 getting guys on the roster that can play and, and it's only going to help Tennessee compete. And, and especially now that it looks like Florida and Georgia are kind of back to being the, they've, they've kind of been the, the top dogs of the East only by default, mm-hmm. but it kind of looks like now they're starting to well, Georgia, not in the last five years, four years, but um, before that, and now it's that they're actually getting good. So if you want to real, have a real chance, yeah, you better figure it out. It wasn't 2016 where Tennessee probably should have had it by default. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's going to be much more challenging to get to the get to Atlanta. So, yep. need those classes desperately. Need them. What you got next? Uh, we're going to look at the uh, pre or the player return policy. Players are back on campus. It is voluntary workouts. Um, so I don't know if you know there there's are probably some players that haven't gotten back yet. Um, but I think that's I think there's I think the majority are back on campus. Uh, mm-hmm. I think a lot of the freshmen have moved in now. And, um, but they're, they're going to be definitely going to be different. It's not going to be a normal summer, uh, because I think they can only work out in, in smaller groups. I don't think there's going to be many team workouts. Um, you mentioned they have to wear masks in the facility. Uh, you know, when, when they're in there, they won't be using the locker room. Uh, so they're limiting as many, uh, common contact spots as possible, which is, you know, they're trying to limit the spread of COVID. Uh, so, but they, they've tested all the players. So yeah, when they when they arrive, they do the nasal swab PCR test, which um, makes sure that they don't have it now. 
right. or it, it tests if they have it right at the second. Right. Then they do an antibody um, blood test, which that can um, see if they've had it before. Which I'm interested to see. I told you uh, a lot of. The, I mean, several of these guys are coming from. Uh, places that have had higher rates of COVID. So I'm curious to see how many of these players, because with guys this age, it's it's likely that a lot of them, if they've had it, they haven't experienced any symptoms. So I'm curious yeah. to see if you, you get guys that um, have had it and uh, how many. And I think Alabama reported five players had it. I think I think currently had it, not mm. – let me look at that. Because they, they, if they did the antibody test as well, that may have been they just tested, you know – uh, they have had it at some point, so I'm yeah. not sure what that is. Um, and so in the facilities, they're they're doing the temperature checks, um, like Caleb said, wearing masks in the facilities. Um, so they're they're taking the precautions um, to get you know that they're at least attempting to get football back, right, back and, to normal. And, and I think and that's that's probably the new normal. Yeah, and I think a lot of I think a lot of getting these guys back onto campus was probably to see how it spreads to see how likely a season could happen. I mean, cause if, if you get to the end of June and a large percentage of players have gotten it or a large percentage of staff have gotten it while they're on campus, you know, that you're probably not going to see football. Cause right. then how likely are you to limit the spread? So I think it's definitely going to be a, I think it's definitely a little bit of a test while also, I mean, they, they they're not just throwing them into the fire while the fire's blazing. I guess they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're seeing, I guess if anything ignites and um, they doing, seems like they're doing everything they can. Uh, if it's enough to get football back, we'll see. Um, and maybe if you know the spread's limited, then maybe maybe you see a possibility of fans. Yeah. Speaking of some guys that are on camp, did you see Morvin Joseph? Uh you mentioned that. I have not seen. Oh him. I need God. to. I should have looked. And and Lenneth Whitehead is another one that I'm just like, holy crap. Right. There's some. There's some big kids coming in, coming into. Like those those two guys have not been carded at a bar in like four years <laughs> yeah since <they> were like 12 <laughs> yeah um we actually have a question i'll do it since we were talking about the freshmen um striker will ask who do you feel uh who do you feel from the freshmen coming in may contribute this upcoming season so it's a freshman class 2020 class coming in uh i think it's a i mean i think it's a really good class I'm, i mean obviously uh you a lot of them were kind of it was late coming along but i i like this class a lot i think the one you i think everybody's hopeful for i don't know if it happens just because we don't know where he falls on, you know, starter, one if he's a one or the two, that's Harrison Bailey. Yeah, um, I think that one kind of could determine where this team goes, where their record falls. Uh, now that he's on campus, I'm sure we'll see a lot of uh, Bailey for Hosman or yeah. Harrison for Hosman. That might sound better. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think everybody kind of expects a lot out of uh, Harrison Bailey. Um, I think we we talked about how big it would be if Tyler Barron, and I think these guys are underrated. It's defensive guys that. You know they are freshmen, so typically, depending on their size and, and speed of the game, it's it's hard to get on the field freshman year when you're a um, when you when you're a pass rusher. Mm-hmm. But if Tyler Barron and Morvin Joseph can be really strong pass rushers, that answers a lot of questions that you have on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, and you look at Tyler Barron specifically; he comes from a good program yeah. um, and has that body top. I think um, I was reading an article from VR two, and they were talking about. How he's just like five pounds lighter than uh, Darrell Taylor when he right. left Tennessee. Um, so he's, you know, could fit that mold. I mean, obviously there's going to be a learning curve there. Um, but at least he already has the, the size to to match that production. Well, now we'll see. Yeah, um, absolutely. I, I think there's a lot of guys. Who, I mean, is there anyone besides those three? I mean, I, I know. I think I could – I think we even – we've probably talked about every guy in this class talking about they – but they have the potential to be impactful their freshman year. Yeah. Um, I think Jalen Hyatt, just because of what you lost at receiver, um, just a guy who can flat out run. Yeah. Uh, that's that's going to help. Um, Keyshawn Lawrence, I, I feel like, could help in the in the secondary with, when you play so many guys um, there. Amari Thomas, I don't know if, if it was any other year, I would say that he'd be in the rotation. But when you return, I think there's eight or nine seniors on that defensive line. Mm-hmm. You might not see him as much, but you know I, I feel like he could come in and, and contribute some. Yeah, he's a big kid. I, th- I think he, his size could potentially help him a lot. Yeah, from day one. Um, I think the one I'm probably highest on, uh, and you mentioned him, is is, is Jalen Hyatt. I, I like the speed. You can't coach it. You yeah. cannot coach speed. Uh, now I think it's kind of determined. Do you have a, a quarterback that can make Jalen Hyatt a threat in the deep ball? Right now, you, 
we don't know if you have it. Harrison Bailey seems to have the tools. They say JG's gotten better, and he was he was making those throws at the end of the season. But if you have a you have the guy that can that can run to make the the deep threat. Uh, if you got a, somebody that can put the ball there, just you know every once in a while, then then you've got to really you open up a lot of the field. Yeah, like and there's there's a lot of offensive weapons in this. Um, class that I feel like Jim Chaney is just going to be thrilled to to throw mm-hmm. in there and see what they can do. Malachi Wadman, um, D Beckwith, uh, we we mentioned him before the show that he wants to wear zero. Yeah, I, I kind of like it. <clears throat> I'm not a big zero guy. Yeah, but um, it, it it would I, look kind of weird because like you've never really. I mean, no. we've never seen it. No, and I, I do need to zero on a defensive lineman, defensive tackle. Okay, I want like that. Uh, you know, I think it was Michigan State defensive tackle that wore number two. And it just looks so small in those guys. It's hilarious. Malik McDowell. Is that um, Clowney wore like seven, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah he was single digit. Yeah, and, those, and when Barnett those guys, was nine. Yeah, that was when they make those uh, small numbers look or those numbers look small. It's pretty funny. Uh, so I it's mind. intimidating too. Yeah, uh, they mentioned we get Emmett Gooden back. We do. Uh, that's good. Maybe he can wear zero. He'd make it. He'd make it look small. Yeah. Last <laughs> chance, you wear zero. Um, yeah, I would say. Jimmy Callaway is another offensive weapon that they have. Oh. Uh, Jimmy Holiday is a guy that could play quarterback, or they could throw him out at receiver. Um, just a lot of weapons. Um, you know, we we talked about the we're talking about the twenty twenty one class, but this twenty twenty class, you know, everybody was satisfied with it when it was complete. Right, and I, you know, I just to mention the Jimmy Holiday real quick. I would love to see him get used um, in a lot of different areas. I, I don't know if he could be as effective as Jawan as that kind of like. Um, that wildcat back, or, or yeah, wildcat back. But if he if he can go into the game at those points, you know he has the speed, and then he has the ability to throw the ball. The threat he could be, I think, would would be fun to watch. He, then you've got a guy in there that can a quarterback in there that could really run the ball. Um, and and uh, you know when you put that wildcat in, I mean, Jawan could throw too, but Jimmy Holiday seems to have a better arm yeah. than. I mean, right now he's a quarterback. He's that's what he's listed at. Um, but I think if you could find a creative way to use him in the backfield, not every play. I mean, that's a guy, and he's a freshman. If he sees the field at all, who knows? He probably gets redshirted this year. But I think that's a guy, from the tape we've seen, that could be used and give you an entirely different package that could throw teams off. I think it'd be fun to see. They, I think Georgia did it to kind of keep Justin Fields happy when Cheney was there. But I think it would be fun to see an actual quarterback get used like that. And Jimmy Holiday seems to be more use his feet more than Justin mm-hmm. Fields did. More, I, I'm don't know if he's more athletic. He's definitely faster. Yeah. And so I think it would be fun if you – could he be the up back on a punt team and be a threat there? Mm-hmm. Don't do it in the most – don't do it in an obvious fake situation this time. Right. But could he be that threat? I think that would be fun to see. And, and it's – it kind of – I hope Jim Chaney gets back to the mantra of how he was his last year at Tennessee before uh, leaving, and that was just getting the ball in athletes' hands. You saw – like it, was, it seemed like every game – just about every game, you would find a new way to get the ball in uh, Cordell Patterson's hand. Oh yeah, that's so, yeah. So I think it would be fun <laughs> to see all these, all the speed and athleticism getting used in um, creative ways. And I think you could use Jimmy Holiday in a ton of creative ways, and and you could use him to get the ball in other guys' hands in yep. creative ways. So and I think I, it'd be fun. And I, I think just kind of um, jumping on that too is. Jimmy Holiday played quarterback in high school, but you also had Jimmy Calloway. He also played quarterback in high school, and the same with D. Beckwith. So, mm-hmm. with that Wildcat quarterback, you have some options there, right. too, which is nice. Who You said D. Beckwith, and then who was the other one? Jimmy Calloway also played. Oh, okay. Yep. So, did, could they both throw really well? Uh, or were they just kind of the most athletic yeah, guy on the Yeah, field pretty and much. Um, and D. Beckwith is like 6'5". Like, he was a basketball player yeah, and is said to run a 4'4". Four, four. If, if he really runs a 4'4", four, four, um, with, a, at that size, like that's, I, I'm very interested how they um use D right. with, uh, especially if you wear zero. I mean, that cool. <laughs> right, <laughs> it makes him faster. Yeah, so he runs right. a four three now, and he has dreads. Yeah, <laughs> that makes him he's better at football. Yeah, <laughs> easy. Yeah, uh, Jordan Young asked any news on the strength coach? Um, no news yet, no official news. Uh, I we kind of assumed when they got back onto campus, you would see that announcement. So, uh, but I, have they had any official workouts yet? No, so I don't think they start that until next Is it week. June 15th? Yeah, June Is 15th. that date? Yeah. Okay. So maybe by then you hear it, uh, but you haven't heard any official news on, on who that's going to be. Uh, it, it's We'll see. Yeah. yeah I mean, it, it's going to be AJ Artis. Um, that's, yeah, I shouldn't say we'll see. I guess right. we'll just, we're yeah. just waiting on the official news. Yeah. Just, yeah. 
So hired from within. So I, Pruitt seems to like what he's got in those guys, and, and I guess pretty much what uh, he doesn't want to go away from what fits installed. Yeah, it seems that's like good. those guys are just yeah, going to carry it. Don't on. start over. Yeah, that's good. When you don't have to start over, that's definitely good. All right. Um, anything else for players returning to campus? I mean, I, I don't really remember when like kids were like coming like getting back on campus, but it seems like since Jeremy Pruitt got here like they're like the athletes are just so much i don't know just more they look like grown men like they don't look like incoming freshmen they look like right. grown men i mean the strength program has definitely improved since right. it's been on campus yeah. that, there's no doubt in my mind about that um so that that's been nice to see uh it also seems like he's recruiting he's doing the swain method of recruiting and making sure they they could all get into bars immediately yeah they're they not yeah. so only recruiting grown men also helps um, yeah, they didn't have to use just their ball card. They could just literally walk in. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, let's do some preseason awards. We talked about how Athlon Sports released their uh, their all SEC team preseason all SEC teams. Um, so let's go through that. Not a, not a lot of balls named to the first and second team. Uh, they did say though that so they had four teams. I think the uh, the third and fourth team were only printed in the magazine. Okay. Um, but they did have their first and second online. I haven't picked up – are they available in stores yet? I think I think so. They are. I haven't seen – I mean, I haven't really been – I'm trying to think the last time I've been at the gas station, though. Yeah, I haven't so really either. No. I, I haven't noticed. Um, but, yeah, I mean, definitely pick that up and check those out at some point. Uh, it was also um, – I, I told you, Tennessee was named uh, – it was a Teams on the Rise by Athlon Sports, but I also mentioned how – that probably doesn't mean anything because every team that's been irrelevant the last 10 years but was relevant before that is on that list. <laughs> every single team. Except Texas. Also, like, Charlotte and UAB were on that list. Yeah, that which, makes sense. Yeah. Okay. I think Cincinnati was on it. It's like, on, on, the, the, on the rise to what? Like, how like, far can they really get? Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that was definitely funny. Um, you want to tell us who was on those teams? Yeah, so um, Trey Smith was first team. Brent Smagley was also first team. Um, then you had Henry Tootoo and Cade Mays um, on the second very team. Interesting. Like yeah, Cade Mays is that telling us that he's going to play? <laughs> hopefully, hopefully right. that's the. Um, you also had uh, Eric Gray, um, Ty Chandler, Velas Jones Jr., Josh Palmer, and Bryce Thompson make those. So you had nine balls in those four teams. Okay, so you did get to see who was on. Okay. Yep. Okay. Um, I, I don't I don't know if they're third or fourth right, team, right. but but so those... Eric Gray wasn't on there. Yes, he was. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. But so he was on the, like, the third or fourth. Yeah, he's going to be on third. I was, yeah. I was surprised he wasn't on first or second because he was in another article. I don't know how old the article was. I mean, in the last month. He was named as one of the um, more likely players to have a breakout season. Yeah. So I guess maybe not. They don't think he's going to have that good of a breakout season. <laughs> right. Um, I think, I mean, I mean, I think all those pretty much make sense. I don't, I couldn't tell you another Tennessee player that as of now, I could project him to be on a. Yeah, I mean, with with the offensive line, you would think that... maybe. Yeah, I guess that's the only place. More offensive linemen probably going to make that list. Yeah, but other than that, I, I think it's going to be kind of a wait and see process. A lot of these guys, it's if they have great seasons. It's going to be defined as their breakout season. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, and I like Eric Gray to have a breakout season. I think he could definitely be on that list of first or second team come the end of the season. Yeah, and then uh, Trey Smith was named a preseason All American by Athlon Sports. Oh, nice. Um, nice. First team. Preseason All American. Dang. Hopefully he gets. I mean, hopefully he's healthy all season. There, you know, no missed games due to that. I, I don't know if they've kind of. I don't think they've said yet what his practice schedule is. Last year he hardly practiced and had a great season. Mm-hmm. Um. So anything's gravy, I guess, for him at this point. Yeah. So that, that'll be that'll be fun to see. Um. And, and you know, Athlon's big on Henry Tootoo. So. I am too. I, I mean, everybody. I think. Everybody, I think <laughs> I'm, everybody a, I'm a big Tootoo fan. Yeah. I, I'm with Athlon Sports. I d- um. I'd probably I, put him first team. Right. <laughs> I do want to mention, too, uh, I know this isn't a Tennessee player, and I, I'm sure Georgia fans probably feel like I'm dogging on him, pun intended, and you should because I don't like you. Um, <laughs> uh, what about Jamie Newman being named to the first team All-SEC by them? What if JT Daniels is eligible? Could they just put, like, Georgia quarterback, yeah. no matter who it was? He's not even yeah. the number one uh, quarterback on his roster. But, yeah, I, I, I mean, I guess someone commented on the article and was like, how can you put him in of everything we're saying right now? And um, someone commented, was like, in fairness, like, who is the number one SEC quarterback right now? That's true. And I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a really good question. It, it, I mean, it's probably Kyle Trask. Or Mac Jones. Yeah. Ugh. 
Yeah, that's not a great like that's not an elite list. So I mean, Terry Wilson is probably up there too, and he's oh, not Terry great. Wilson. No, he's not. That's what, what some Kentucky fans at the end of the season are like. Wait till next year when we have Terry Wilson. I was like, dude's better than Terry Wilson. Yeah, Lynn Bowden Jr. is way better than you all. Got lucky that you had to play him a quarterback. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was a uh, that they they don't get better. They, did they have a? They did have a uh, transfer from yeah Joey Gatewood from Troy. Auburn. Oh, the well, last year they had a transfer that'll be he got hurt. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. And I, don't he, I mean, everybody was saying he was better than Terry Wilson. He but Joe, Joey Gatewood from Auburn. Okay, uh, went gotcha. to Kentucky. Also, well, maybe interesting. Not, is there competition there? Yeah, I mean, Terry Wilson. Okay. They probably get lucky if someone's better than Terry Wilson. <laughs> he's not that good. Um, I mean, he's not bad, but make him throw it. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we talked about like who's going to be LSU's starting quarterback this year. Um, I mean, that's going to be interesting. I, I don't think Joe Burrow was the entire offense, but I mean, he's one of he was the best player in the country. Yeah, and they had like what twenty people drafted. Yeah, I mean, they they had a really good receiving core last year too. Yeah, um, and and some of those guys coming back. Yep, yep. DJ Chark. Um, can't remember who else. There's another one. There's another big time receiver that they have returning too. So. Yeah, they'll be pretty good, um, I think. But is it, they, they do lose a lot. Is it Mond at Texas A and M? Oh yeah, he's been on. I feel like he's been on the like all SEC watch list for four years now. Yeah. So is this the year that he finally does it? Yeah, they they had to get it right sooner or later. Yeah. Why is Texas A and M just like? I think they're just always rated correctly. They're always like a like they're always three, a top fifteen class, never a top ten. Yeah. Or top ten team, it's very weird. They, they creep into the top ten for a few game for a few weeks and then drop back out. It's they're it's amazing that they're always rated correctly, but I just can't believe they've not one year has you know had yeah. a breakout really breakout season. I guess right. with Johnny Manziel, but then didn't even go to the SEC championship game. <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> beat Alabama. That that has to suck to be in the West and beat Alabama and not get to go to Atlanta. Yeah, it's also bad when you beat Florida and Georgia. And Georgia, and yeah. And that, oh, so yeah, we we do feel that pain. <laughs> yeah, we know. Just kidding. Know it very well. Um, let's start by some Coach Doug. Speaking of getting to Atlanta and beyond, and beyond, and beyond, he almost oh, gave away the SEC championship. Oh though. my gosh, I know. And then almost first, almost lost to Kentucky. Yeah. On I think that was Thursday night, maybe late Wednesday night. That was I was I was some, like don't I was like if if you're gonna lose and break our hearts. It's Tennessee fashion to do it now, but could you have not done it earlier in the season and then we just don't watch the rest of the season? Yeah, why is Doug's like, he just fits that Tennessee mantra. Like, every game has to be close for some reason. Yeah. And if it's not close, it's at least like you think you're going to lose pretty much the entire time. Right. Like, like, we've been up like 14 for going into the fourth quarter, and you're like, I can tell we're going to lose this game. Right. And we do. <laughs> yep. It's been heartbreaking. Uh, but at least, at least we beat. I did love that Ole Miss released that thing, and I, I do like that. I like when teams get in on the action to have fun. Yeah. Not like Georgia who tweets about it but not about it. Right. Like that's not funny. But like Ole Miss who tweeted and Virginia Tech tweeted I think like a like a hype video for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Ole Miss tweeted out the uh, scouting report for Coach Doug's. Like, yeah, it was pretty, like four plays. That's pretty <laughs> yeah. funny. Like get in on the action and have some fun. That's good. Uh, I definitely appreciate Like I respect that. But don't be petty about it because you lost in a video game that you've absolutely zero control over. Right. Uh, but yeah, Ole Miss getting in on it, Virginia Tech getting in on it. That's definitely it's it's been fun. It make it makes the whole thing fun for both fan bases um, and both teams. And uh, see, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm. It's cool that we're playing Virginia Tech too because like there's a little bit of history there. If you haven't seen the Darrell Taylor video yet, you need to go watch it. Yep, it's pretty funny. I'm glad they let him. I'm glad they the Tennessee count let him get it started with the we gonna <laughs> before they cut yep. it off. It's a be- it's a beautiful cut. WGWTFA. Uh, I miss that. I do too. We need to bring it back. I saw a Power T tape say we should have switched. We should have brought Virginia Tech into the SEC instead of Missouri, and, and have them in the East. I I love that idea. Yeah, hundred percent. Virginia Tech was great. It was it was fun to be up there with those fans. That that was a fan base that was fun. And how far is Virginia Tech? It's the same. It's I think it's like three hours, four hours between three and four hours away. I think Bristol is the middle point okay. for okay. for both schools. So way closer than Missouri. Way closer than Missouri, and actually, you know, in terms of geographical location, in the eastern part of the southeast. That doesn't so, matter. or in the south. So. I still will have no clue why Missouri or Texas A and M joined the SEC. I mean, I can tell you why Texas A and M joined in terms of like football and recruiting and all that, but and at least they are 
in the West. <laughs> right. Yeah. But Missouri, That's true. it doesn't That's true. make any sense. Yeah. I wish they, I mean, I don't, yeah. And it's like, it's super weird too because they still claim that their biggest rival is Kansas. I feel like you should pick a new rival if you're going to. Who's Texas A&M's biggest rival? I don't know who they claim. I'm sure it's probably Texas. I don't know. They should play then. I think there's some history there. If anybody knows it, tell me. I think there's some history there, like, why they don't play. Oh, really? I think so. Hmm. Like, I think it's like, they've, like, pretty much severed ties. Like, no, we hate you. We're never going to play. Yeah, like that kind of deal. Like, I saw a tier thing of SEC coaches, and it was like Kirby and Nick Saban, Coach O, or Elite. And then it had, like, the next best was, like, Gus Malzahn, um, Jimbo Fisher, and Mike Leach. I was like, what? How does Mike Leach get on there? Yeah. Okay, so I've rivalries for A&M. They've got Texas, TCU, and it looks like Texas Tech. Mm. And they don't play any. I don't think that. I mean, I, I can't remember them playing anybody in the last since they've been in the SEC. Maybe TCU. I don't remember them playing Texas Tech, though. See, I'll click on this TCU one, I guess. That'll tell me last time. I mean, I, I feel like that that would be a good recruiting tool to play some of those Texas teams. Right. So they haven't played TCU since 2001. <laughs> and that's one of their biggest rivals. I, it, that's what Wikipedia says. I guess if somebody knows, you can tell us if you're familiar with A&M. And then they haven't played Texas since 2011. So right before they got into the SEC, I yeah. guess. And then... Trash. Let's see the last time they played Texas Tech, if it has it. That's yeah, that would gosh. suck. Like, I don't really get that. And I think, I do think at least, like, um, I think Missouri claims Arkansas as a rivalry, like a rival. Mm-hmm. Don't they do a big rivalry game? Like, do they have a trophy and stuff? Maybe. So, at least they have an SEC, you know, rival that they can claim. It's not like, they haven't played Tech since 2011 either. So, yeah, since they've been in the SEC, they haven't played them. So yeah, I, I mean, I, mean, I get it, it, the majority of your roster is Texas kids, but you're you don't play anybody in Texas. That's, right. That's a that's terrible. That's trash. No, I, it's you. I feel like you definitely need to figure out a way to at least yeah, it's the battle on rivalry. So they they didn't play much before they got into the SEC though. Hmm. Yeah, they played a handful of times. But and Arkansas has won it once since they've been in the SEC. Yep. <laughs> I think they're their non-rotating Western opponent, too. So, that kind of worked out for, in terms of rivalry purpose. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like if you're going to have a... Either you need to find a way to generate a rivalry with somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, LSU, I guess, has Alabama and Arkansas. Uh, yeah. Auburn has Alabama and Georgia. I'm trying to think of Western opponents who, who they all have. Mississippi State and Ole Miss have each other. I think that's pretty much it for them. I mean, I don't. There's not like a natural rivalry there. I guess maybe unless you could. I guess LSU. I get. It's weird. Like anybody Tennessee plays becomes a rivalry. Like the Battle of Bristol. Like that'll always be remembered by Tennessee fans. So this Doug's game. Um, yeah, it's kind of fun. Is yeah, it's a. It's a kind of a rivalry. Game. I, I don't want to play Battle of Bristol like necessarily again, but no. I would like to like. I would like to find a rivalry kind of outside the conference, like Virginia Tech, like a natural, close to home. We don't really recruit against them, which doesn't make it Definitely. a ton of fun. So it looks like it looks like A and M and LSU have a pretty long standing. I played like a lot in the nineties. I think the Tennessee North Carolina would be fun. Yeah, that'd be an interesting one to see if it could. I mean, that's the thing is like outside of the SEC, we don't have a real. We don't have another rival, which Tennessee's always been in the SEC, so it definitely would be. All right, it'd be difficult. And then South Carolina has Clemson because it's in-state schools. Whereas, you know, Tennessee has Vanderbilt, but Vanderbilt is an SEC opponent. I guess Memphis was for a little bit. Yeah, in the 90s you played played them a lot. So, yeah, yeah I guess that's the, the out-of-SEC rivalry you had. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that would be a great – I'm not saying you play them every year, but, I mean, that would be a good good one to play every other year, mm-hmm. every three years, you know, every three years, something like that. Um, I mean, I think everybody in the state of Tennessee would agree that to see Memphis and Tennessee play in any sport would be fun. Yeah. So, 
Um, anything else for now? We're, we've gotten it all into SEC football now, all, all from Coach Doug. So, um, <laughs> one, one thing that I do want to mention is that with the Coach Doug's thing is um, Caleb Presley finished second and JoJo Smalls finished third in the Heisman. Oh, that's so, and they got beat by Michigan, got it? Yeah, that's ridiculous. So we officially hate the Heisman, right? Yeah, it sucks. How does that happen? Terrible award. I just don't understand how that happens on a video game. Weren't they the first all? Wasn't Caleb Presley like number one all year? Yeah, pretty much. I guess that SEC game really did him in. Yeah. <laughs> Winning the SEC championship, not well, dude, recommended. Stop, stop the old picks. <laughs> Good Lord. Who cares if you get to 50 points? You, you're, I do. You're killing yourself. I want I want, uh, I want, want 50 burgers. I want Heisman trophies <laughs> over 50 burgers. I'll take a, I don't know. I'll take See, a 40 burger over. <laughs> here's my disagreeance. It's really fun that that happened because now like we can – really claim to just hate the Heisman Award. Yeah. It's, so it is kind of fun that that happens. It's the worst award in all the sports. I definitely agree. Um, I, I do want to talk about something real quick, and that's that's kind of the culture um, change on, on Rocky Top with, with Jeremy Pruitt um, yeah. since he got on campus. And, and you saw it um, the other day. He he backed his players, um, you know, supported them, and went with them to, with a rally in Knoxville, the Black Lives Matter rally. I thought that was – that was cool of him because I think that if if it, as, as a coach, if you're willing to put yourself out there for your players, they'll do the same for you. Yeah, I, I, and that this is – we can go ahead and talk about it. Um, uh, that was going to be my most important of the week because – Okay, my bad. No, you're good. I mean, like you said, though, it, it, it's – and I, I think it's Pat, you know, it's it, – first off, I don't think there's any political affiliation from Jeremy Pruitt. Like, I don't think he is trying – I don't think he's trying to be political. I don't think he's being political. Um, and I think a lot of people want to turn into that, and you know that's going to be, it's going to upset a lot of people, and it shouldn't. That's that's the bottom line. Is it shouldn't. He he's not, um, he he's not picking a side because he hates the other side. He is standing with his players because he cares about them as humans, mm-hmm. not just as football players. Um, and then I think a lot of people want the whole shut up and play football mentality. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, is this is. This goes so far beyond football, um, and it—I don't know. I don't see how you could hate what Jeremy Pruitt did. Uh, we haven't gotten into all this, and I don't know if we're ready to. I think, in terms of, um, I think we would like to be educated by people who have had more experiences than us before we really get into it. But I, I think it, what Jeremy Pruitt is doing. I think is a great thing. If you haven't read the article that David Ubin did in The Athletic, um, or at least read his like excerpts that he tweets out, you need to. So they had a three-hour meeting, I think? A long meeting. Okay. Uh, that night before, I believe, the march. Um, there's gonna They're going to do another march, uh, I believe, on campus. Uh, they mentioned that another school, I think Missouri, I think Alante, this is Alante Taylor's idea, if I remember correctly. Missouri did something similar, and then afterwards they all went and registered to vote if they weren't yet. Okay. And so, and all you know, all you've heard is these these people need to be voting. These people need to be voting. They absolutely need to be voting. And if they're going to do this and then go register to vote, that's a great thing. And Jeremy Pruitt's affecting these kids' lives beyond football, and hopefully, in turn, affecting the the program at Tennessee. You know, obviously, leadership's done a lot better in the last two years uh, since that massive turnover. And, And these guys are changing not only their lives, but the lives for of the people around them, potentially their children and grandchildren. And if you're not registered to vote, I know I'm kind of going off on a soapbox here. Go register to vote. Re- vote in your public or vote in your local elections because those are far just as important, if not more important, than the presidential election. Um, and and if you believe there should be change, you need to incite change not only in your daily lives but also in how you vote. And that's the only way to do it. And that if you've read what Jeremy Pruitt said, which isn't much. Um, and then seeing what he's done, I don't think he's done anything wrong. And then he hasn't done anything political. It's all just been to – he's enabled athletes at Tennessee who don't have much of a voice. I mean, yes, they have Twitter, but how far can they really go? Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's gave them a voice and a stance and supported them in that. Yeah. And I'm sure they've had conversations, and I'm sure they disagreed in some areas. that They had a closed-door meeting for however long, and I'm sure they had to talk – it wouldn't have. I can tell you this. It would not have gone along, uh, gone on as long as it did, if they just were all like, "Yeah, we agree." It, it would have lasted fifteen minutes. Right. So I'm sure there were some disagreements there, and they, and they're talking about the issues. Um, they're not just 
going to shut up and play football. And I love that. I, I think that's, you know, these guys are expected to come to the University of Tennessee to become better football players um, and, and better people mm-hmm. and do that through um, academics. And, and that's part of being a better person is also becoming socially aware, and that's what they're doing. Yeah, I think this was a, mo- a must-needed change around the whole program when Jeremy Pruitt got here because I, I feel like in 2016 we had the talent to play with anybody in the country – but there was some kind of disconnect, and and you, th- I think that was the culture. That was part right. of, part of that was you know we talked about with Chris Weather. There was just a disconnect on that team, right? Um, for for whatever reason. So Jeremy Pruitt came in and and he changed that. He has his players backs. So he showed that, um, and they have his back. You know, you had a moron on um, Twitter last night say he's he's not going to support the program. He's not buying the season tickets for like. 20-something years this year because what Jeremy Pruitt did. And all the players is like, okay, who cares? No. It, well, we don't I, need you. I think it was Jeremy mostly, Pruitt, yeah. I don't think any current players tweeted, today. Yeah, you, so Brian Maurer, okay, Daryl Middleton. Okay. Um, I saw a bunch of former – most of them have graduated this past year, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, Daniel Petulli was Daniel Petulli spoke yeah. up. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, that and that's another thing. If you don't want to support the program because of – and I'm not saying cheer for – I mean, because if people do horrible things, obviously you probably don't want to cheer for them. Um, but these guys – I mean, if you're not going to support them because of something they believe in, in terms of – like, what do you legitimately disagree with them about when they stand up and say Black Lives Matter? What do you disagree with? Yeah. What is there – you know, what – and there's a lot more that, you know, you can go into. But like I said, I don't think all that is my place to say it um, because of – who I am, and that's fine. I think, but these guys are standing up, and you should listen to them. Yeah, you should. Yeah, I, th- I think a lot of this is just, hey, this is, it, it's not about you. So just listen and educate yourself. Yeah, and if a lot of if more people would do that, I think this country would be a lot better off. Absolutely. And uh, and if yeah, and another thing is is when you when you go to work before you if you're in sales if you go and make a sale, do you walk in and do you ask them their political affiliations before you make that sale? Do you ask them? what they believe in, you know, what their religion is before you make that sale? No. Do you, when you go to cheer on a typical game, do you go and ask every athlete before they run out of the tunnel, hey, who'd you vote for in the last election? Who'd you, so why is this, an, and this isn't even about political affiliations, which drives me even more nuts. This is not about that. And, and it just, it's like, you don't do that for everybody for your whole life. And then you don't, like, why would you do that now? Especially when this has enough, you're trying to, you know, input politics into something that shouldn't be political. Yep. It shouldn't be. Yeah. And then you're you're judging how you first off, yes, please cancel your season tickets. Don't ever show up to a game again. I I hope they never let him buy season tickets again. I hope yeah. they put his name down and blacklist him. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Because it's obvious that and I think that's I'm not saying you to cheer for somebody you have to just care about them. Uh, you know, as a I don't think that's true. I don't I don't think that's hundred percent true. But the great thing about the culture at Tennessee, and you've heard every former athlete talk about it, when you hear fans talk about why they cheer for Tennessee and why they love going to Tennessee games and why they love tailgating, it's because you feel like a family. Yeah. And so we don't I, – I can – when I think of Vol Nation, I could say we don't want you to be a fan in that case. And I don't think you have to be a fan to be a family, but that's the cool thing about Tennessee is fans are family. Mm-hmm. And they feel like when they – you know, and, I, and you hear the people talk about Johnny Majors, how when he would just go and hang out on um, – uh, hey, Jason Ray, sorry, we're, I'm on a tangent. <laughs> um, so when, you know, Johnny Majors would go out in the community, he would talk to everybody like he was family. And that's the great thing about the culture at Tennessee. Um, and you want to shift that, you want to shift it to shut up and play football because you don't agree when they stand up and say, my life matters. Um, and, and that's another thing. Just because you aren't racist doesn't mean racism does, doesn't exist in America. These athletes have come onto campus and unfortunately experienced racism on the campus of Tennessee. Yeah. And that's unfortunate. And we, nobody should stand for that. And that's another thing is I'm not even calling that guy racist, but he is stupid. Yeah. 100%. Absolutely. You, you, you pay season tickets every year to go watch these athletes play, but you can't back a coach for backing his own players that you, you pay lots of money to go watch every Saturday. And I'm also saying he's not racist. He could be. And it (laughs) seems leaning that way, but he's definitely stupid. And what did, for tweeting that out, what the hell did you think you're going to get right. out of it? Was Jeremy Pruitt going to apologize and be like, you're right. <laughs> yeah, you're you're definitely right. Please buy your season ticket. No, somebody will buy that season ticket. No one cares if you're going to be in that stadium or not. 
And if Tennessee just keeps getting better, they're definitely not going to struggle selling season tickets. You're probably one of those moron fans anyway that sits behind me that thinks he knows exactly what should be called every single play. And and, and he's probably telling people to sit down so he can watch the game. Right. So yeah. you know what? Sit down on your couch and watch. He's an Oklahoma fan, I'm pretty sure. So watch Oklahoma every Saturday. Don't ever watch a Tennessee game again. Um, they, I know those players obviously do not give a crap what you have to say, which is good. They shouldn't. Yep. Uh, because you have some really stupid stuff to deliver. And I love that. I, I wish... I know Jeremy Pruitt would never do it, and I guess that's kind of a good thing, but I kind of wish Jeremy Pruitt would just respond and say, um, yeah, you know what, and we'll offer you a full refund. We don't want your money, period. We're yeah. not worried about canceling and you know keeping your deposit. We'll give you all your money back and don't ever come back to another Tennessee event. Like you said, I hope they blacklist him. Yeah, absolutely. So We yeah, don't want just... your support. We don't need your support. I hope that's the message that gets sent to that guy when he calls the ticket office because um, I know that's not – I mean, I, I have – you know, Phil Former released that statement. It was very obvious Phil Former was not going to listen to that guy if he somehow was able, you know, he's because I think he believes he's some kind of super, and he may be a super fan. I, you know, he may be a booster. I don't know. Doesn't seem like it. But, uh, you know, if he was somehow, I hope Phil Former would tell him, you know, where he could take all of his ideas to. So. Yeah, I think the football program would just, will, will be just fine without that guy. Um, but I also feel bad that his kids have to be in his profile picture while he just gets absolutely obliterated. <laughs> um, but but I, I was talking about the the culture change, and you know you saw that with Jeremy Pruitt, um, and I think that you know you, you talked about beyond football, we want these guys to come back after they're graduated. Yeah. And besides that 2016 team, you know, past that, can you really remember a lot of guys come back that didn't play under Phil Former? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that I think the Cause, and I think that that that's the disconnect is you know the culture change it needed to happen under Jeremy Pruitt, um, and you know hopefully these guys are able to have a good experience while they come to Knoxville while they give up four years of their life to move to Knoxville, Tennessee, and and play football for four, three or four years. Um, you, you want those guys to come back and right and and, and like give said, back to the program. Yeah, like you said, it, it's those guys are coming back, like you know, before, before Kiffin, Dooley, Butch, there were guys that come back that you know didn't even necessarily work for the athletic department, but just were around the program. You still see them today yeah. that hang out and that come to games that tailgate for you know they are fan they're fans of Tennessee because of their experience here. They're former players mm-hmm. that are now fans or players that are now fans, and um, yeah, it's it. It is good that it seems like it's getting back to that family atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, and I think that probably has a lot to do with, you know, Lane Kiffin and uh, Derek Dooley did, but you know, Lane Kiffin and Butch Jones didn't grow up knowing what Tennessee football was. I know Jeremy Pruitt wasn't a fan of Tennessee growing up, but he saw what Tennessee was. He knew what Tennessee was. And yeah, I'm sure that helps getting, um, you know, kind of bringing that atmosphere back. And then you also have Philip Fulmer heading the, you know, heading the department. That definitely yeah. helps too. Got a little mentor up there in the yeah. the head office. Yep. Yep. So it's been like you said, the culture culture shift has been nice. Um, I am um, even if I didn't agree with Jeremy Pruitt, I know I could stand back and go, I at least appreciate that he backs his players. Absolutely. So if yeah. I didn't agree, and, and, I, and, and I do, you know, you, you saw that uh, you talked about that leadership. You saw those guys stand up and and speak at that. Right. Um, you had Trey Smith, Karon Calvert, and then obviously Jeremy Pruitt had a few words, um, but he kind of let them do their thing. Like that was. He just wanted to be there to support them, and and he did, um, you know, share a few words. But you know, that was again part of that culture, just backing right. your players, and and they'll have your back. And I know a lot of you know, I know a lot of people, especially if, you know, national people probably don't understand what Tennessee players and and fan or Tennessee players and coaches are in Knoxville. I mean, you you are a celebrity. Those guys get recognized everywhere they go. Um, you have kids, you know, constantly going for autographs or hop out, you know, whatever. Um, so, I mean, they, it's it's big for them to stand up in Knoxville and, and say something. So Yeah. 100%. It's been awesome to see. Uh, do you have any – do we have any questions? Um, I don't have any questions. If y'all do have any questions, feel free to drop those in. I guess we'll get to our segments yeah. real quick. Um, but go ahead and drop those in. I'm watching Facebook. Kayla's watching YouTube and um, Twitter. And we'll get to those and, and get you a little bit more content. content in right. There. So my most important, we'll start with that. Mine was Pruitt um, just being a leader, um, and 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 the players on the team too being leaders. Um, Tennessee's taking a very unified stance and supporting um, the, all of their athletes, um, and, and right now with everything going on, especially their black athletes, and, yeah. and that's been fantastic to see. Uh, I, I don't. I, I'll, I'll say this: 
if Tennessee decided to kind of, especially in in terms of leadership, decided to kind of let the players take charge and, and let them kind of just do the thing, I wouldn't have a problem with that. But the fact that they're going beyond that and then supporting them and being there with them while they're doing it, I think is a great thing. Um, I think there's a lot of ways to tackle what's going on right now. Um, they are giving them a voice. They're giving them the ability to, um, you know, start change. Um, like with those closed word meet, that's great. That's great that they're not only going to these rallies. I think a lot of people did see it as, um, you know, as media opportunities, but mm-hmm. they're doing things beyond that, which shows that they're in it for the real deal. So, yeah, I, I really enjoyed because you think of all those guys that were there. You had Brian Maurer, Trey Smith, Karon Calvert, Theo Jackson, Melante um, Taylor. Some of those guys are from Tennessee, but none of those guys are from Knoxville. So, you know, they think of this as, as their home, and they want to be leaders in this community. Yeah, and, and Jason Ray said, Tennessee has way too much talent to not have better leadership on the field. And I think when you have leaders like this in the community and you know, in the locker room, I think that will translate to the field. And I don't think Jeremy Pruitt is doing all this to make him – to make the team better. Yep. I don't think that's why he's doing it. If he is, that would be very upsetting, and it won't last long, so you'll know soon. But – um, I, I do think this kind of leadership will translate to the field. And yep. I, I, you know, I hope so too. Yep. Um, my first one is a uh, former VFL or I guess VFL Robert Ayers is returning to Knoxville. He's uh joining the staff at Knox Catholic. Oh, nice. Um, I'm sure he'll coach some defense. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, I think he was the 19th overall pick by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, I think he played from 2005 to 2008. So making his way back to Knoxville um, and, and kind of giving back to the community, coaching the, the Young Bucks yeah. over at Catholic. Where's yeah. he? Where's Robert Ayers been? He he played for a long time. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm not I'm not exactly sure what he did after football. Right. Um, but I don't think he's been retired very long. Yeah, I, would, I, would, I guess that was kind of my question was, what's he been doing? Because – yeah, I'm with you. I don't think he had really been retired very long. Yep. Um, do you have any? That was my only most important. Was yeah. My my next one is Conor McGregor retiring from fighting. Do you think that's just what? In the, those I feel like fighters are weird though. Like they'll take time off and come back. So yeah, who knows? I mean like yeah, Floyd Mayweather retired right. like what two years ago, and now he's like I'm going to come back. Right. So uh, Ayers retired in after the. 19 season, but he didn't play all of 19 because of injury. Okay. Or wait. So, yeah. so he didn't play the 19 season. He sat out all of 2018 gotcha. and then retired um, prior to the 2018 season. So he hasn't season. been done long at all. Looks like he didn't play much for, yeah, he didn't play in Detroit in 18. So, gotcha. Because of injury, I guess. Yeah, good for him. Come back. Um, yeah, Conor McGregor. Out of here. That's weird. I mean, that I don't really. Weird. I, don't I mean, he, he seems like the guy that's all about just like. Like he. Floyd Mayweather is, I feel like it's all about, you know, money and the right time and, and this and that. It's also about winning, but it's, I feel like there's a lot more into it. I feel like Conor McGregor just likes to to fight the person in front of him. Yeah, he just likes to talk shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't really keep up with fighting much. So I don't know what people think will happen here. I, so, who knows? Um, I don't I don't know. I just think it's definitely weird, weird timing. Um, and I feel like with fighting, those guys typically don't just retire and be done. He's probably got a couple fights left in him. Yep. Um, we'll see. Um, my next one is uh, Jacquez Jones um, announced he was transferring to Eastern Kentucky. Um, the kid out of Clearwater, Florida, the three-star wide receiver. Um, didn't play much at Tennessee, but was part of that 2007, 2017 class. Um, moving on to, you know, we, we wish him the best, but I did want to, um, if you didn't know that already, he is headed to Eastern Kentucky. Gotcha. Matt Dummett said Conor McGregor has retired four times. I didn't know that, so there you go. Yeah, like I said, they, they're <laughs> after usually, every fight, I'm done. So maybe, um, maybe the fourth, maybe the fourth time's a charm. Yeah, maybe. So. <laughs> um, that's all most importance I got. Do you have any fails? I do have a fail. It is um, S Fist San Francisco some San Francisco news outlets. Uh, this was their tweet. Well, so they tweeted out an article, and the the title of the the click the link was "Day Around the Bay: Zero New COVID Deaths in the Bay Area." The tweet said. The Bay Area saw no new COVID-19 deaths today for the first time in three weeks. A local bartender and spirits maker was arrested on child porn charges, and the Richmond man found eating his dead grandmother has been charged with her murder. 
That is just a loaded tweet. I feel like those could have been separated into their own articles. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was a whole article? I, I don't... So, that's the link to one article. And then oh, that's man. the tweet about the article. Oh, yeah, I, I feel like gruesome. those could have been broken up. Yeah, jeez. Yeah, I... Getting uh, all the news at, at once. I like it. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're saving... Uh, data, I guess, by right. putting it all in one tweet. Um, my first fill is uh, Dick Vitale. Um, Dickie V. Trying to be a, a reporter. He uh, says, sources tell me that LSU has been notified by the NCAA of the various allegations that they have been charged with involving the men's basketball program. So are these not new charges? I don't know. Gotcha. But Jeff Goodman comes in um, and is like, Hey, I've been told that this is not accurate by source, and LSU's senior athletic director director has also told the advocate as much. LSU has yet to receive a notice of allegations. Ah, well, that's interesting. So maybe he hit Dickie maybe, V thought he had it, man. Maybe and, he had a draft save from a couple years ago and accidentally hit Sam. Uh, maybe, maybe, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just tried to try to do the reporter route. Yeah, um, that's interesting. Just shot down. Hate to see it. Old Dickie V. Um, do you have any more? I don't. What about you? I do have, um, Mike Norvell, man. That was a... So is this real? Like, what's happened? I feel like we haven't heard anything else. So, Mike Norvell basically told The Athletic that, um, he had separate, uh, conversations with, with, with each players. Right. Um, and they've met with the team and everything like that. And, and Marvin Wilson, who is their senior defensive a uh, tackle that should be a first round draft pick and the leader of that team basically just calls him out for line. He's like, we haven't, we got an automated text. And right. That's it. So my question is like, has that been confirmed? Were they sitting out? I feel like I haven't heard anything else about Florida. So State apparently since then. they have had a, a meeting since then. And I guess everything is resolved and they're moving on. Um, yeah. See, I think a lot of people thought Florida state was going to like be, you know, Mike Norvell was done for Florida state. Sounds like this was, Sounds like there was an angry tweet that didn't mean anything, and then they've gotten it solved. Yeah, um, but dude, like, why? I don't understand. Like, why lie? He no. obviously Mike Norvell obviously lied. Yeah, dumb to lie. Um, but yeah, but I, like, I don't think the player didn't. Doesn't sound like the players had any real intentions of protesting and not showing up to practice. Yeah, I mean, Marvin Wilson said, yeah, and we're, we're not. What, what did he, he, he said? Say? He said we're not going to work out. And, this is the law, my and me and my teammates as a whole are outraged, and we will not be working out until further notice. Yeah, so it just kind of seems like there's probably no action behind that. Yeah, that's why I was like, I, I don't. I mean, I'm curious to hear more. It doesn't like everyone's like, oh, Norvell's screwed. He's gonna get fired for his first game. I was like, that doesn't sound like anything yet. Like, I'm curious to see what happens from here. So, def, def, doesn't sound like anything's gonna happen. Yeah, very, very strange, for sure. For sure. I mean, I don't, I don't think they'll be good anyway. So, right. I mean, yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, I've got one question here before we uh, wrap up this episode. Vols for Life five five four asks who the star, who the star QB this year. I don't know if you mean starter or star. Um, I think the starter. We've kind of, we've talked about this a lot. I think the starter is JG, come Charlotte. But I don't think that necessarily makes him the starter for week two at Oklahoma. That would be wild to start a freshman quarterback on the road. His first start ever. I definitely realize that. But I mean, if that rough, if that first game's rough and Harrison Bailey has to relieve and he comes in and shows out, which I think is possible, or if they, you know, we have a blowout, but then Harrison Bailey comes in and just absolutely impresses. Mm-hmm. How do you sit? Yeah, I mean, Jeremy Pruitt's since he's been here, he's not been afraid to play a, a freshman. So if Harrison Bailey is the best option to win football games, he's going to play Harrison Bailey. I think but, so. I think the best option to win ga- win games right now is probably Jared Garantano. Yeah, unfortunately. Or Tano, whatever. Unfortunately. Tano. Tano. I think it's Tano. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I th- I'd like Harrison Bailey to maybe make a make a move into that QB1 spot, but uh, we'll see. Not having spring practice hurts him. Uh, yep. I think everyone was excited when he was an early enrollee because he was going to get that chance to compete in the spring. Um, but six weeks of fall camp, that's, that's a lot. <laughs> six weeks? Is that what they're well, doing? Well, like – uh, apparently they need six weeks of practice, I get or practice before the season. So yeah, about yeah. six weeks. Interesting. That, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know how exactly they're, they're going to break it up, and but that was the kind of the coach's 
They mean like six weeks of just them being on campus and getting them fit? See, I don't know if that meant... Because they don't normally get six weeks of practice before the season. So right, right. I don't know why that... Yeah, I don't. I don't know if they're taking sure. away from from summer and, and things yeah. like that. Maybe, maybe just a, a total amount of six weeks getting ready. For Surely, the I would think. Um, I I don't know when they'll start football. I, I imagine fall camp will start. As of right now, I imagine fall camp is slated to start on time. Because you'll have six weeks before fall camp starting on the fifteenth. Right. I think if you start July first, I think is what Nick Saban said. That's. I think he said that should be your starting period to get started on time okay so um so i, I don't know if i guess they're waiting to uh, announce if that's going to be you know mandatory practice is allowed or whatever i don't know i don't know we'll wait and see yep we'll wait and see when, uh, they, when they start practicing we'll see a lot more of, of the quarterbacks i'm sure every throw that harrison bailey makes will be um yes out on twitter yep <laughs> well every single one that the media sees i guess right yeah absolutely for that one period right um, guys, appreciate y'all listening to the show. Um, make sure you come back on Wednesday. We'll be back at 6.30 like normal. Uh, so just make sure you guys follow along. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook, uh, More Important Issues, and Instagram. Uh, then YouTube, follow Volunteer Roadshow, and Twitter and Facebook, Volunteer Roadshow. Make sure you hit like on uh, on those, follow, and then share and retweet this, guys. We would, uh, we would really appreciate it. We appreciate you all listening. Um, appreciate you, know, you guys every single week. Uh, make sure you're... We're, We'll see you guys on uh, Wednesday. Yeah, and go check out our sponsors, Tennessee Tap House, Bet Now, um, and Hound Dogs. Um, we will not be doing a giveaway right now. We're going to get ready for some big giveaways uh, for the season. Um, so just keep an eye on that. Um, don't miss Coach Doug Zanot is yep. going for the title um, in the Rose Bowl in Pasadena. So check that out, WGWTFA. We're bringing the boat in, and we out.